What's up, Brian? Good luck. The Andrew 2.0 show. Um, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot the lyric already. I'm a Dutch. I'm a Dutch. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a big fluffy lion. I'm a Dutch. <laughs> Welcome back, West Hawaii. <laughs> smoke. Smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them. Light up because we're firing up this episode. Oh, it's going to fire up. It's going to be a nuclear reactor. I got a scientist waiting on the side. Mm. in a pocket yeah ask where should we begin how about we start with a, a an analysis of uh chemical compounds of uh all right we'll keep it organic i like this class there we go. i got an a in both of them organic chemistry 101 take out your pens take out your pencils Sharpen them, get your pads ready, turn your brain on, turn your phone off. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to the Andrew 2.0 show. All right. The analysis is of this chemical compound, BC, a brine carbon, shares a covalent bond with me in the blood bank. Very good friend of mine, a fellow scientist, one of my favorite kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Oh, please. This is West the Best, West of Why. West of Why. Why is he West, West. of Why? <laughs> it's time for the show. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm trying to warm up my listeners and shout out my boys. So when you hear the Andrew 2.0 show and I shout back, who the f is West? You say West 2.0. <laughs> Fuego, baby. Fuego. Oh, that hot fire. Oh, man. We like it hot. We're not we too like much into hot. that mild wild. We're a different kind of species. <laughs> We're more rare than the wild type. We don't like mild. Speaking about Fuego tonight, I think I'm already warmed up. I need to get out the bullpen and throw some of this shit up. <laughs> Yo, right, I some so, so we're going in the store right now? Yeah. That was my main attraction entrance. Good evening, sir. How are you? Sorry for the phone call. I apologize. Do you I, really always, I usually hate when people do this in a store. It's very uh, disturbing. It's very annoying. Nobody cares what you're talking about. But since we're doing the podcast tonight and our special guest is waiting, I need to hurry up. So yes. we selected Grey Goose. Because the price I thought was 32, it's 37. Hang on. We're going back to my favorite of all time. Handle of Kettle One. Okay. Yeah, it's for my favorite one. Shout out to Greg Blakely Sr. Rest in peace. All right. I'm being rude right now. D. Oh, Jesus. I just handed him my debit card. One of those kind of days. I have a second ID if you need it. So. I'm sure with the masks, the IDs are a guessing game again. 
It's like that board game, guess who? That's a good game. That is a great game. It's my favorite game. Shout out to the game we're going to play one day, and I'm going to beat that ass when I play you, uh, so you're taking an L for that one. Have a good day, sir. My favorite liquor store. What is the name of your store, sir? b and Liquor Store. Go to Buchanan and buy your liquor there. <laughs> b and Liquors. Go to Buchanan and buy your liquor there. We got all the Bs. Buchanan. Beers, blunts, bitches, booze. I mean, uh, we got to crop some of that out, but maybe she's got the crop top on and we'll keep it out. <laughs> All right. I'm getting into my car. My listeners are getting sick and tired of the warm up. They want to see the first pitch. They want to see what they paid for. They want to see that Andrew 2.0 show. I'm sending a link to Brian. Let's go. Let's go. So, Brian Cruz, good friend of mine, he uh, graduated same year as me as a scientist in clinical laboratory science. We are both nerds, but geek is the new sexy, so watch out, baby. (laughs) Brian and I work in the blood bank together at a hospital we will keep out of the uh, podcast tonight due to our guest special requests. He would like it to be as specific as possible and when it comes to his personal life as vague as possible because he don't trust y'all but he trusts me and Wes and that's why he's the best and he's on our show tonight with Wes the best and myself keep it coming always that's what she said I cannot wait (laughs) that's not what she says your guy is single and he's ready to mingle (laughs) we're just talking about the podcast keep your shorts on Wes yeah, yeah. All right, I'm sending him the link now. Here we go. Okay, let's go. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. It's Andrew 2.0. Woo! Cheers, 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 cheers. Beers, beers, beers. Tell your friends, tell your friends. Shout out to Boomer and Carton. I love Carton. Tell your friends. It's the Andrew 2.0 show. Welcome to the late night show, everybody. It's an honor to have you here. My scientist friend is about to hop on, and when he does, that's when we're going to hear Right now, I'm just here warming you up. This is like the theme song music when uh, The Undertaker shows up. Oh, oh, yeah. I like that. That was a nice analogy. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. People are like, oh, my God, he talks to himself. I'm actually talking to you, the listener, if you could believe that. I uh, am picturing it right now, and that's the only way this works, so... um, Thank you again for following me. I'm your captain. Welcome aboard. This is, uh, you already know the name of the show. This is Andrew 2.0. This is Andrew 2.0. Um, Andrew 2.0 to ground control of West Hawaii. How you doing, my guy? I'm doing great. I think we have, I think we have Brian connected. Yeah, BC What's going on, before guys? Christ. How you doing? Not as good as you, man, but I'm working on it. I am so honored to have you on here. This is my bro from my second home, a, a hospital we work at together. This is my bl- my blood banking brother, and uh, he's the one that gives me motivation to trade sometimes because he's constantly thinking about the market. This is my boy, Brian. Brian, this is my boy, Wes. Nice to meet you, Wes. How you doing, man? Greetings, greetings. Doing well. How are you? I'm all right. 
great. First things first, Brian, would you like to please introduce yourself to Wes of how you know me? Uh, sure. Yeah, I met Andrew about, what was it, like two years ago now? Yeah, I would say closer to three, man. I think I was there a year and a half and you showed up. I'll be year four in May. Scientists like to do. We do our research approximately close enough. But yeah, we've been in the trenches, like you said, you know, we uh, we have a stressful job sometimes, but it's a rewarding job. The most rewarding. I love saving lives. Uh, this is going to hook, line, and sinker all my listeners because I love them. I got to give them a juicy story right off the bat. They've been itching for it with this warm-up pitch. So everybody now you've been very patient. And uh, I'm going to introduce a little bit of me and Brian. So um, Brian and I worked at a hospital together. Uh, when I first met him, he was on a different shift than me. So we would kind of only hang out for the 15 minutes as we call in the lab on a shift handoff, which is in between, you know, all right, uh, we got three shifts, eight hours, 24 hours in a day, because the lab never closes. That's why we get paid. So Brian would be the four to 12. Somebody else would come in and clean up house and be the midnight crew, the graveyard shift, the undertaker shift, and do the 12 to eight. And then that's when my dumbass would walk in late. Wow. Eight to four, and then I get to hang out with Brian for 15 minutes, and then they'd be like, get off the clock, no overtime, get off the clock, go, 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 go. Um, getting into a pinch with some money, I was like, you know what? Like, why am I going home every night and uh, staring at the ceiling wondering how I, how can I afford this place? I might as well just, like, stay at work and do doubles, and all of a sudden, me and Brian just hit it off. It was great. Nice. We were always friends. But we never actually shared laughs and shared, you know, like sometimes there's horror stories in the lab. His, his machine's down. Uh, I'm busy as shit. We're all sweating bullets and we can't believe we went to school for this. Yeah, we, we clicked pretty quick. I think we were friends like the first week we met because you trained me, actually. Yeah, my man remembers. But Brian is so elusive. He's very good at what he does because he does it the right way. He doesn't cut corners and he says no to strangers who try and throw him under the bus. AKA just anybody at work that asks you to do something that you know is not standard operating procedure. I thought I was good at not lying and following the book. Brian is the book. We'll call it the book of Brian because my man has always been by the patient, by his morals by his conscience, by his intelligence, for him and his family. And that's exactly how I feel when I walk in the door. Sometimes my energy level um, will dictate uh, with misdirection and misperception that uh, I'm being a little shot in the gut, but really I'm just not a morning person. I've always been a night owl. But So here's the juicy pitch. You ready for it, Wes? Throw it, man. Throw it. All right, so, true story. Four o'clock on a Sunday, handing it off to Brian. All of a sudden, we get a phone call. Who's that? Oh, he said it's somebody in the ER is bleeding out, and they need two emergency medical units. Oh, I dropped my backpack. I ain't going home because I don't know what's going on in the rest of the lab. I'm not leaving this room now. So I turned to Brian when I realized we just got units three and four out the door now when I went out for a cigarette and came back that it's not slowing down and they just flagged an MTP 
for this patient, I love HIPAA, so I'll never say anything further than that or the hospital that we work at. It's no point. But we're in the blood bank. We just gave out four universal joker card units. They work for everybody and anybody as long as you have not been pre-transfused and you don't have a pre-existing antibody or a history. You have an antibody that's an extra defensive soldier on the line of duty that now I have to evade. So four units out the door. I turn to Brian. I go, anytime the ER calls or any floor about that patient, you answer the phone. And if you need any help at all, you tell me what to do. If the phone rings and it's about anything else, your mom, your lunch, four nose, somebody's showing up late, three other patients in orders, put them on hold. I'll take care of it. And that's what we did. And me and Brian just, I was doing the plasma, getting some ready. He was strictly dealing with the uh, red blood cells. You remember this shit, right, bro? Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you're the type that's like willing to stay regardless of how it turns out, you know, because sometimes it'll, it'll cool down and you know, you won't need that extra person, but it's good to know, you know, you have a coworker that's willing to stick around to find out how things are going to go. one and only ad in this podcast i'm bringing to you right off the bat if you really want to just turn the volume down but do not turn off the podcast i don't blame you if you don't want to hear it just turn the volume down wait a little bit turn it back up Blood bank. Hello? Uh, it's blood bank. Welcome to the MTP show. Hello? Yeah. Yo, big, wake up, wake up, baby. Mm, yeah. Yo, big, wake your ass up. up. Come on. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Big, wake up. I'm up. Daddy, what the fuck, man? What's up? It's an MTP. Wake up. We got a 90-year-old gentleman upstairs bleeding in the ER. We got a bleeder. Live from the SOP, this is how we do it. This is the Massive Transfusion Protocol Policy. One of one, Massive Transfusion is defined as an infusion of a volume of blood approaching or exceeding the recipient's total blood volume within a 24-hour period. This is approximately 10 units of red cells in an adult The hemorrhage protocols is blood loss of 1,500 milliliters, which is 1.5 liters if you drink soda. It's almost two of those bottles. That's a lot of blood. The most common scenarios in our institution that require massive transfusion are postpartum hemorrhages and a GI bleed. 1.2, after massive transfusion, the patient's circulation contains predominantly donor's blood and little is gained by performing a cross-match against a pre-transfusion specimen. The primary concern is to ensure that the ABO-incompatible blood is not transfused. Therefore, compatibility testing may be abbreviated. The abbreviation usually is shortening of a major cross-match to immediate spin for ABO compatibility or confirming the donor's ABO group by testing with reagent Blood group Sera. 
Fancy word for blood bank reagents. I'm gonna blow up, I need an agent. But I like my privacy, so I need a secret agent. Somebody get me James Bond, please. I ain't got time for this. The abbreviation usually involves shortening of a major cross match to immediate spin for ABO compatibility or confirming the donor's ABO by testing it with reagent blood group sera. The most important factor in supporting tissue oxygenation is maintenance of adequate blood flow and blood pressure by infusing a sufficient volume of blood components. 1.4. Massive transfusion protocol is initiated and terminated by the physician who initiates the order. Massive transfusion protocol will continue until the physician determines that it is unnecessary. I love my clinicians. To avoid hypothermia and anticipated massive transfusion, Patients should be infused with red cells through a blood warmer. Somebody get me a blood warmer. 2.1.4, the blood bank supervisor is responsible for training all blood bank employees on interpretation of this SOP. Annually reviewing this SOP and ensuring that all blood bank staff is trained and understands the content of this SOP properly. Keeping administration informed on any adverse issues that may result from erroneous reports or actions taken. The blood bank gets hazard pay. We call it trench warfare sometimes. We call it hazard pay. Sometimes a little more incentive to work in the blood bank. The reason is because it is the department you're most likely going to lose your job but more importantly, your license. You lose your license in blood bank. You cannot be a scientist anymore if you are convicted of negligence, meaning you knew better and for some dumbass reason you decided not to follow the rules and somebody lost their life. Goodbye. Doesn't happen in chemistry. It doesn't happen in hematology. It doesn't happen in microbiology. Sometimes you gotta think a little bit faster and stay ahead of the curve in blood bank. And it built my brain. Thank you. I love the blood bank. 215, blood bank testing personnel are responsibly for following this SOP and when performing all of the blood bank tasks. Reporting any non-conforming results or outcomes when performing these tasks to a blood bank supervisor and documenting the outcomes appropriately. There's no crossouts in blood bank. We don't use whiteout. You got one shot at this. Don't mess it up. It's an MTP. Show up. 2.2, prior to transfusion, if the patient has no clinically significant antibody, that is a very fancy word for a defense antibody. The following protocol is to be followed. Oh my goodness, that is the easy way home. If the patient has no clinically significant antibody, I'm singing with everybody. I love it down in the blood bank when nobody has an antibody. We can still do it. We're very good at our job. We're going to work through it. Prior to transfusion, if the patient has no clinically significant antibodies, type in screen to be done on a patient's blood. Type is a blood type. Screen is to see if there's any antibodies. If it's negative, we just had a lot of fun. The blood bank director to be consulted and given the following information. Patient's name, age, 
medical record number, patient's name, date of birth, medical record number, patient's name, date of birth, medical record number, patient's name, date of birth, medical record number. Can you hear me now? That's what we use down in the lab. I know too many Eric Smiths. I love my Eric Smith. Very common name. I can't transfuse an Eric Smith in room two. I don't know him, boo. Please, we're trying to get this done as quick as we can. It's stressful for me. You <laughs> and Bafu. And that's how we tie the shoes in blood bank. If a patient is known to have a clinically significant unexpected antibody, they have a clinically significant, meaning it's going to hurt somebody. If a patient is a positive screening, so a type is, I need to know what your blood type is, homie. Are you O positive like me and Wes? Are you O negative? Are you A neg? Are you A pos? Are you B pos? Oh, you're B negative? You're unsure? So you're A B negative. Oh, now you're sure you're AB positive. Yeah. Exactly. So I need to know your type. And I need to know if you have a negative antibody screen. We call that a type in screen, or I like to call it a TS. Because it's a lot faster when you talk like this. It's not a test. If the patient is known to have a clinically significant unexpected antibody inform the blood bank director inform the patient's physician inform your mom and for your dad no that's against hipaa come on people relax inform your blood bank director inform the patient's physician call the regional blood supplier and get antigen negative blood so now i gotta worry about somebody else covering my ass to cover the doctor's ass so he can save a life, and we call that teamwork. We all save lives, and I'll come back tomorrow. I'll save you twice. 2.3, massive transfusion protocol. The physician caring for the patient evaluates the need for MTP using an accepted method of determining injury severity and probability of a massive hemorrhage. We call those medical priorities. 2.3.2, a nursing staff member must be delegated and a designee for the MTP. Told you to wake up, it's an MTP. The designee must activate the MTP in Meditech and must call the blood bank at extension. None of your damn business, ignore me. To inform them of the location along with the patient's details. Blah, 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 blah. Back to the batches. Thank you, Brian. The products will be transported from the blood bank to the appropriate location by a messenger or the nursing staff. I can't run those units up anymore. I got to run the show downstairs in blood bank. I need to save a life. I need to use my hands. It needs to touch units. It needs to touch your patient's blood. And we got to make sure this cross match wasn't just for fun. As soon as the MTP cooler has been dispensed, the blood bank will prepare a second MTP pack. More blood. Welcome to the blood show. We do this every day. It's not a horror show.
If you watch it in motion, it's just like the ocean, a little ebb, a little flow, a little elbow grease and a little blood flow. As soon as the MTP cooler has been dispensed, Bud Bank will prepare a second MTP pack. This process will continue until the MDP is discontinued. We send pack after pack, batch after batch, units and units and units. And we will prepare those MTP packs because you got my back and I got yours. You could call us down the Bud Bank, the Wolf Pack. Because if there's an MTP, I'll make sure it's packed and I'll bring you a second one back. This process will continue until the MTP is discontinued. Good God, I hope that's right now. Holy Jesus, this process will continue until the MTP is discontinued. Please shut up. Just grow up already. It's just a podcast show. Come on, what information could you possibly feed them? Oh, you get the drift of the podcast show. Uh, Welcome aboard, amen. Yeah, MTP discontinued. I can go and break and smoke a cigarette and think. When the MTP has been discontinued, now we can calm down now. We're chill like the coolers because there might be another one. Just kidding. Relax, relax, relax. It's the Andrew 2.0 show. We're just here for some fun. And while we're here, we're going to shout out to the real frontline heroes. We don't have to carry a badge and a gun. We're a frontline hero. Some of the most essential to bring you back from the dead when you're at ground zero. I love my frontline heroes. Shout out to all my New York frontline heroes. Cause I love New York and everybody loves New York and New York loves everybody. New York loves everybody. New York loves everybody. And when the MTP is discontinued and my eight hours are over, man, I got to be on my toes about HIPAA. But I got more material for the Andrew 2.0 show. Thank God we saved a life today. I was complaining about laundry, the dishes. I was worried about the Kim Kardashians. Oh, my goodness. Enough of the fluff. Sometimes it's good luck. Sometimes it's good work. We like teamwork. We play on the same team. We might wear different jerseys and work in different departments. But I love my frontline heroes. You are my superheroes. I salute you, my fellow superheroes. Let's do this. When the MTP has been discontinued and we can come back to normal now, the coolers and all the unused blood products will be returned to the blood bank in accordance with the blood bank policy. So you better know your SOP and the standard operating procedure, which is a fancy word for our policy. And my favorite part of the MTP clip, because I want to go back and bullshit with Brian. He's a lot cooler than this. But... I had to scare you a little bit and show you what it's like in the blood bank as best as my abilities. Come on now, I'm not an actor, I'm not famous. It's just Andrew 2.0. 
Point 10. The nurse designee, whoever you may be, must call the blood bank. And we shout out with thanks. So we appreciate when you call the blood bank and when you say that the MTP has been discontinued. Please don't forget to call us and let us know that the show's over. Back to the real show, the Andrew 2.0 show. I'm sorry, Brian, I had to put this MTP clip in there because when we were bullshitting, uh, some of the things I said was bullshit. So I had to check the facts like you always taught me. Took a feather out of your hat. Andrew mother... And now back to the show. You could hit me with 50 different patient specimens. 50 different typing screens is a test we do. I'm not going to get into that. So back to the MTP because I'm running out of space on this. I go into work uh, maybe a half hour after my four o'clock handoff. And I knew that Brian had a blood banker with him. Um, So I come back. It's an MTP massive transfusion protocol, people. We are thawing four units of plasma probably a platelet or two on deck and we're probably going to put in cryo on the next batch and we're doing um what is it four more units brian of red cells yeah so we do it in batches so we kind of alternate between the platelet and uh the cryo can you can you hit them with a layman's terms on why we use plasma cryo and platelets and not just blood uh, pretty much it's to keep the uh, hematocrit at an acceptable level because you don't want to have the ratio between your whole blood cells and the plasma in your blood has to be maintained. You can't just pump someone full of, you know, RBCs. What color uh, blood cells do we have in our plasma? White blood cells. Yep, that's it. We got to balance the white from the reds. The main issue with that is the heart. If the if the blood gets too thick because the ratio is off, now your heart has to work a lot harder. So you could actually give someone a heart attack. Yeah, it's called blood overload. So we're trying to save their life. And now we got to start doing math and making sure that nobody's transfusing units that we can't. So Brian and I have to create batches and send them up on the floor because I can't have a jittery nurse or a resident accidentally hook up all red units and uh, patients overloaded because half of your blood, if you spin it down, 55% is like, it looks like urine. We call that plasma. That's your defense, your white blood cells, your protein, your electrolytes. That's like the piping going through your blood. When you take a pill, that's the part of the plasma that it gets involved with and mixes with your blood. So long story short, we have to send out four, um, red cells units, 350 milliliters a piece. They feel like a softball in your hand. Brian and I, by the time everything was over, the master's transfusion protocol went over two shifts. This patient, I'm not going to get into details. Besides the diagnosis, it was a femoral arterial bleed. The biggest vein coming down out of your torso, going to your legs, and it's your artery, meaning it's a direct exhaust line from your heart so every time your heart squeezes and pushes more blood out bam that artery squirts it out so it's the opposite of a vein you cut a vein that's going to be every time you inhale and you try and put oxygen in your lungs that's going to be a vein that's going to be bringing back the deoxygenated 
which is going to be the intake if we're a car or a straw, we're sucking it back in, that's not going to be as bad. But when the heart is purposely forcing more blood every second of a heartbeat, that is scary. So I went up there with the first two units. I came down and I, I said, and I, I love my job because you never make assumptions. And when they called MTP, that's why I stuck around. I went downstairs and I was under the impression that it was road rash. It was just a leg injury. They took two units. I'm not down there five minutes or calling for two more units. Then they call the massive transfusion uh, protocol and Brian's packing up four red cells. I got four plasma, which looked just like a red cell unit, like a bag the size of a softball. But instead, it's clear. It's like plasma. It's yellow. It's the white blood cell side of it. And we're trying to volume match is what we're doing. If your body is made of olive oil and vinegar, if anybody knows Italian dressing, they like to sit on top of each other. Just like red and white blood cells when I centrifuge you. But I cannot give you a Caesar salad without you having a heart attack if all I do is give you the olive oil. So I have to balance it out. I like that on Oil and gas in a car. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. We saved that guy's fucking life. I went in the next day. We issued 11 units of red cells. This guy's entire body, except maybe 5 to 10%, was full of donor blood by people who went out of their way to volunteer on their spare time and give the gift of life. I watched how donor units from strangers, Brian and I didn't donate that blood. Yeah, we worked our ass off. And, you know, there is a glass ceiling. We technically only work on orders that the doctors want. You know, me and Brian don't just say, oh, transfuse that patient, transfuse this patient. There's a, a line of protocol and you got to do your dues to climb to the top. But the doctors are there and they tell us what to do. We also have doctors on the inside of the lab. We call them pathologists, and they got our back. So anytime me and Brian are in that's the doctor we run to because that's the medical director of the lab who gives everybody else their results. She pretty much calls the shots. So we have the best doctor in our back pocket, in my mind, because I'm just a stupid scientist. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a it's a scary situation, especially when you're you actually get to see you have to run up there and see the patient. Um, those doctors have like nerves of steel, man. They I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I can't wait to give that cooler and get the fuck out of there. I'm about to throw up. I saw too much blood already. <laughs> wow. I work in the blood bank, but when you see it shooting out of somebody like a faucet and they're holding it back with gauze, it's pretty fucking disturbing. <laughs> Excuse my language. We're going to record over that. I'm going to clip this out. I'm going to leave a marker. <laughs> when somebody's bleeding out, it is super duper disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so Brian and I work in the lab. We're always talking about science. We're always handing off who needs blood. Does this patient need that? How many specimens are running? Is the machine okay? And all we want to do is hang out and drink a beer and trade the market. But we work different hours <laughs> of the clock. 
And yeah. Brian likes to use his four to 12 so he can go home and study the market a little bit, then wake up like that sneaky bastard likes to do around 8, 30, 9 o'clock, get in the market and make money before he shows up to work. Or lose money. Oh, or lose thank money. you. <laughs> I didn't have it in me to say it. You're a good man. It goes up and down. Roller coaster. How do you feel about volatility and trading? Um, please clue in the psychology in there, but I want Brian to air this out a little bit because me and him at one point were in Bitcoin when it was trading around six grand and we couldn't handle the volatility at the time. We wanted to throw up. We got out of it. I don't know what Brian's holding currently, but now the price it is now, I just realized it's a different ball game. It's all in your head and you're your own worst enemy. So Brian, if you could take it away a little bit on your experience when first getting into trading, um, what caught your eye? What brought you in? Uh, why did you always come back and say hi? Where did the discipline come from? And what do you like about it? And what don't you like about it? And give us a little day through your routine. I want to know how you wake up. Is it with a cup of coffee, a cup of tea? Or you just say, you take a shit and shut the fuck up? Right. Uh, I mean, my interest in the markets probably started like five years ago, just browsing Reddit. Oh, damn. Uh, Beat me to it. Yeah. I mean, I was into these... Uh, this personal uh, finance stuff. So it's like uh, I picked up a lot of good advice on there. Drop, dr give me a one-liner, something that sticks out to you. Um, maybe that you know you previously journaled or came across or wrote to anything you want. But give me a one-liner that kind of sticks out to you, like why you like being in the market. Like, is there we got any sexy news on the table tonight? <laughs> sexy no um <laughs> for me it started more about like personal finance like i wanted to learn how to be in a responsible adult you know like you got to get your your stuff together you're very good at doing that right so he goes me, right uh, <laughs> i started pretty much trying to map out how my life's gonna work out like what what age i want to retire um and what's the best way to reach those goals that you have I mean, the way it's looking, we might never retire, our generation, but... Oh, come on, man. You had to do that to me. The truth hurts. God damn it. But yeah, I mean, that that's like... Everyone goes through it. You know, people have to figure out how to deal with money. They don't really teach you much in school unless you, you have, like, a finance degree. They won't even teach us our taxes. It's pathetic. It's bad. But yeah, I picked up a lot of advice early on. I was pretty conservative at first, um... What do you mean by conservative? What is conservative to you? And what is a lot of money to you? Well, it's not really about the total money. It's it's you have to have like your goals laid out, like what age you want to retire. Conservative to me is like making sure you don't blow up your account and end up homeless on the street. Basically, <laughs> when I first started trading, like before I started trading, I try to make sure I had, you know, everything, a foundation laid out, basically. So I wanted to make sure I paid off all my debts. You know, I had some kind of emergency fund. Oh, you sneaky bastard. How much was in there, if you don't mind me asking? You don't have to tell me. You could round oh, it's or like, make up a number. You know, a couple months expenses. Doesn't have to be uh, not, you know, living check to check. Three to six months, you know, it fluctuates because emergencies come up. So you got to spend the money. But that's what it's for. 
I'm scared. Uh, I might need a loan one day, guy. I don't have a safety net just yet, but I'll work on it tomorrow. <laughs> Get on it, bro. That's like the first thing you do. Um, the reason why I hate four o'clock is Brian tells me all of the real wisdom and the right words, and it makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> he comes in, he's like, no, man, you're not listening. You got to do this, this, and this. I'm like, fuck, he's right. Oh, my God. Why am I doing God damn it. All right, I got to go home. I got to listen to what Brian said. Anyway, I got to plug in the obligatory uh, disclaimer here. It's not financial advice. I'm not telling people what stock or crypto to buy. So you got to do your own due diligence. That's the takeaway here. You got to learn and earn. You got to earn that bread yourself. We all like to get fed. But if you, if, uh, you think you're going to get the easy dollar and steal it from Brian and he's going to give you financial advice... We're just picking his brain. We're at the clubhouse right now. We're just hanging out. So, uh, yeah, do not take any of this to heart. And if you do, make sure you do your damn homework, too. But, yeah, I mean, my first – obviously, most of us that go to college, we have this giant hurdle to get over, which is student debt. So, I mean, I was thinking about how do I get rid of this debt. I tried working for uh, the feds. You know, they have a program there. They give you uh, $60,000 $60, total, I believe. That's like the maximum you can get out of it. Up That's all I need. That's awesome. For one year, the max payout is ten k. So you got to give them six years of service? Pretty much. But if you agree to the thing when you sign it, like every time you take money, you have to agree to work for at least three years. The program is good, but... Some years they just the budget fluctuates. I mean, you know how the government is. So some years they just don't have enough in the budget and not everyone, you know, qualifies or. Yeah, but it's better than nothing. And that's what we have is nothing. So I find it still enticing. I'll take a maybe over a no. The thing is that some years you do get nothing. So it's not. And then, I, you know, you start looking at I think there's a public service loan uh, program, whether or not it's in effect. I'm not even sure, but. Okay. It's 120 payments. Uh, if you have, you basically have to work for either the government or a nonprofit. Oh, I'm going to Metro Blood Service. Shout out to Laura and Mike over there and Larry and Mario. But uh, back to that uh, public service for 120. So you make 120 payments. It could be the minimum, which is obviously what people would want to do. Damn right. And then they forgive your loans. Whether or not I that's heard 10 of years of fucking minimum payment, I might as well just pay it off. Like, I think I can be 10 years. I can do mine in about six or seven. Pretty much. So and it's not even guaranteed. It's not worth it. That months. sounds like a trap to get stuck paying minimum. I haven't met a single person that's done that, but it's too it's long. Like 120. They should cut that in half to like 60 or 70. And I would have signed up. Honestly, that's still too long. One twenty. Oh, that's a decade. Like, good God, I hope I can pay off my debts in a decade. I mean, it's not millions of dollars. Like, thank God we have a career and a profession and we became scientists and all. But like, yeah, I've done the math on how much I pay and I pay a little bit extra. And it's not going to be there in six or seven years if I just pay a little bit more than the minimum right now. So, um, yeah, that I 
I don't know. I've always felt a little abandoned by the government that um, worked my ass off, did the right thing, became an essential healthcare worker, um, was in the lab and, you know, didn't call out sick or cry or run away from my specimens because I know that could have been my mom or dad up there. And uh, we went through a pandemic, a pandemic. We were an hour away from from the epicenter in a hospital for a pandemic. You best believe the hospital Brian and I work at was a very stressful year. It brought out some of the worst emotions I've had to deal with. Wow. And a professional setting. It's uh, there were some days I wanted to cry, man. I didn't. I held it back, but it was it would gut you like a fish. Some of these days, it was uh, it was a hell of a ride. I never want to go back. I love my job. I'm going back, but that Corona thing was just awful. Yeah, after a while, you kind of got used to it, but the worst was the beginning because we just had no idea how deadly this virus was. And you hear in the news, and you see like these these trucks that have these you know patients that passed away and it's like you have no idea what what this thing can do to your body i'm gonna get into a little detail excuse me brian outside of our er they had a meat truck a 18 wheeler a refrigerated truck that you would carry boar's head deli meat and they would park just the trailer behind the er and the guys in engineer i love my guys in engineer shout out to lance rob um like two by fours of shelves so they could stack the bodies. Oh, wow. We were filling up a meat truck with dead local citizens. It was disgusting. But yeah, I mean, after a while, you know, you people started adjusting a little better, but it was, yeah, very tragic. It was heartbreaking because I would go to look into my patients the next day. Hey, can I issue blood? What can I do? Well, can I get platelets up there? Like the hemoglobin's low, the platelets low. I had no clue that in chemistry and the blood gases, they're pretty much already saying that they're not sure if this person's going to be able to breathe in the next hour. Uh, convalescent plasma is the one that they harvest from people who've had corona and there's antibodies in it. Once the FDA approved of it, I was working the day the convalescent plasma showed up from New York Blood Center. I thought it was liquid gold. I was so honored. I remember the movie Contagion. I was like, this is something out of a movie. Blood Bank has been here forever. I'm talking over 150 years. More than that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we have a new product? Like, what part of the body? Oh, wait. What part of the virus evolved and now I need somebody's part of their body? It's crazy. I need all the antibodies. So what they do is they harvest somebody who has a shit ton of defense towards that specific virus and they transfuse into the next patient. They hope the immune system not only fights with those current antibodies, but also samples in the dark as if they were the immune system was blind and now reads the code of the antibodies and starts producing their own. It's kind of like a jump starting a battery. I'm going to throw antibodies into the immune system and not only are they going to work, the immune system is going to follow it and then hopefully it starts to read the code and now it specifically sends certain soldiers out for just that virus. We call them this 
lympho sites, and you can call them the sniper sites because they are only specific for certain items. And one is a virus. But um, what I really wanted to say was before we go any further, uh, I wanted to thank Ryan for coming on today. Um, this is only episode four. Episode uh, two didn't even have a guest. It was good morning from you from Wes. Um, and uh, it's a pleasure to have on here. It's been an honor to serve with you. Uh, I salute you, my blood bank soldier. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. Um, you got anything on your mind for the market to jumpstart us? Give us some gasoline. I'll provide the fire. Some gasoline. Well, like I said, I'm not here to give any stock tips, but. Oh, no, come on, about- man. Help out Wes and I. We need a little, <laughs> we need a push in the right direction. Nobody's going to say, oh, it's Brian's fault. Take the money from Brian. He just told me. No. We're all grown men. We just want to hear what the inside word is, and maybe we'll uh, read a book or two about it. I mean, I can talk about my own experience, basically. That's all I want, brother, is just you. That's why I wanted Brian Cruz. Let's do it. Going off what I was saying, you know, once you got that student loan handled, let's say you pay that off quick, you decide to uh, work some overtimes and knock it out. Yeah, Brian is slick. He did that. I did not. I'm still paying mine, but continue, brother. I feel you. Get rid of the low-hanging fruit. And if you have debt that you just took from school to get your profession, get the debt out the way, and then you can keep all the profession money. So it's it great. It's great amazing, advice. Though. Once you pay it off, you feel great. And I feel like shit. Thanks for reminding me, man. <laughs> <laughs> that that just motivates you. Got to you know you gotta like. Uh, the fuel for the fire, my guy. Thank you so much. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, just, just kind of want to wait, which I, I think would be is viable. You know, hopefully the government does do something about it, because I feel like a lot of people that go to college, they don't realize like what they're signing up for if they don't have the money to pay for it or they don't have a scholarship. Oh, Wes was just telling me how he went to our high school reunion, and he knows a couple of people who said just that, that they regret going to school because of their debt. How awful is that? Successful people, and they're ashamed of the financial decisions they made. Um, this whole student loan shit is a trap. They open up the books. If the, if the banks approve you a 10 grand, guess how much your school's taken from you? 10 grand. That's exactly it. So... It's however much money they're willing to lend. They're taking all of it. The school is going to raise their tuition to match that. So there's people that they don't they don't make the money to be able to make a dent on their debt. Right. Not only can they not get by, but now they got to pay off this ball and chain of a debt that is uh, disproportionate to the rewards they're reaping. If you were in that position, what would you do? A shit ton of doubles, man up and get it over with? That would be my approach. I mean, you could wait. Maybe there's some kind of reform in the government, but I think it's better to take things into your own hands. Yeah, I mean. Bite the bullet. I agree. Yeah, well. All right, so we got the student loan out the way. What's the next step in life? We got to climb that ladder. Well, Next, you got to have a priority of, you know, the kind of money that 
is most valuable. What would be your top three priority? Give us an example. The most valuable money would be free money, which would be like, let's say you set up a 401k or a 403b with your employer and they have a match. Obviously, you're going to want to max that out. If Great advice. Hell yeah. If they're, if they're offering you a 5% match and you put in 3%, they're only going to give you 3%. So you got to at least meet their their match because that's free money. That's at the top of the list. I try and I try and reach their maximum is what the, I'm looking at. Or every $2 I put in, they put in one. Fine. I'm putting in $2 every time. You want to have money that's not being taxed the same way your other earning is taxed. How do you get that? Well, you have to set up a retirement account. So Very nice. That's what I got. This is money that is protected from taxes and it's allowed to accumulate over your career. And then obviously once you retire, let's say you retire, well, you basically have to retire after 59 and a half to take it out without penalty. There are some exceptions to that. Um, you can borrow from your own you know, 401k or whatever kind of retirement plan you have. But before 59 and a half, you have to pay a penalty. And then after that, you it basically gets taxed depending what kind of account you have at the your current earning when you're retired, which would most likely be less than your working years. So you're basically getting free money that way. Ah, uh, I see. I was always afraid that like by the time I get there, like my net worth is like, um, you know, maybe two houses and um, college funds. But thinking about it, that's not income if I already bought the houses. So you're right. Technically, if I cover all my bases and my income slows down, but I bought everything I need, that's the way to go about it. So you'd be paying less taxes for that money as you withdraw it than you would if you just took it up front. Right, because I'm making really good money and they're going to put me in the same tax bracket as really good money. We need right. we need to hear more of your gold that you're spreading with this knowledge. And it's not financial advice. Do not sue Brian. He's going to have a heart attack. Leave him alone. He <laughs> saves lives. Hey, there are, you know, options for that money. Just because it's stored there doesn't mean, I mean, you can use it as leverage to buy a house there's different things you can do with it. It's not like it's just gone until you're 60. Do you know the details on the house and the whole kid thing? If you first time borrower. Um, I mean, you, I think you get uh, better interest rates. If you're a first time buyer, if you're uh, a first time buyer of a house and you borrow, you can borrow up to 10 grand, no penalty, no penalty means taxes. That's 10 G's free for you to buy your first, home ever you're allowed to borrow up to 10 g's no penalty if you have your first child ever you're allowed to borrow five grand from it for free penalty no taxes so when you go buy your house you better have a retirement fund because that 10 g's you put in there pre-tax comes out untaxed and you're buying your house anyways and when you decide to have a kid remember to borrow five grand and have a fucking band at his birthday. I don't care. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, building off.
you're fine now because you're working, but let's say they get rid of social security. What do you do then? I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Yeah. I mean, I was looking into some of the reports that they made. Um, I did a little bit of research on it and the situation's not as bad as people make it seem. Um, All right, good. Good. I was looking at this uh, on the government website, this like annual report that they do, the Social Security and uh, Medicare Board. Yeah, yeah. They they dropped some numbers there. Um, apparently, Ooh, what kind of numbers? After 2035. So the funds will remain intact until 2034. But these estimates change every year based on the budget. So okay. that's why I say you got to like be prepared on your end not just rely on the government, but right, 2035 and later, it'll just be 76% of their previous payout, which is not too bad. I mean, that's, that's most of it, but, and most likely it's not a program that's just going to disappear because there's like bipartisan support for it. Uh, I don't know, man. I hope so. As long as the new generation is willing to, you know, pay for it because they know that they, they're going to want have to have someone else pay for their retirement or at least you know yeah but we still got old gray hairs voting for us in congress man that's the other thing though that usually some of these party guys they want to slaughter social security and keep it for the rich and it makes me disgusted this is like the safety net so people can live a happy life and they want to take it from them but the population is not like the baby boomers we got a lot of retirees now and not a lot of people on the earth to help chip in. So it's getting way more expensive and less likely. The takeaway is obviously be prepared on your end, but the situation is not as bleak as most right. painted. Not as bleak. Most likely we will have some form of social security. So, All right. I hope so, man. From your mouth to God's ears. Amen. <laughs> Anyway, building off from that, all right, so you already did that. You maxed out your retirement accounts, which, by the way, uh, they updated this year. The limit is 20500 for 2022. Say that again. I'm sorry. The limit for your 401k or 403b for this year is, is twenty grand. 20500 Oh, my God. I... Uh... These banks, man, they just, they always got to win. Like, you just can't, can't help us out. Like, what? Uh, there should be no limit to that if you're in the middle or lower class. Come on. 20 That's, a, G's. Good, that's a good idea. Yeah. If somebody's giving that much from the middle or lower class, because the rich aren't worried about retiring. They already have all their money to the side and they don't even use it. It just collects dust. That's why, like, that trickle-down effect doesn't work. Why would the rich spend money? They're rich. They have everything. It's the consumers at the bottom, the lower class, the middle class, that have to eat, have to put clothes on their back, have to uh, update their car, have to do an oil change, have to have the carpet lady come over, um, have to have a real estate agent come over. The rich don't deal with any of that. That's a good point, actually, because... I think that poor people actually move money more than rich people. 
I do too. And they always say, oh, it's a handout. Watch how quickly the economy booms because poor people have to buy food. Come on. Money is made for certain people. I don't know why I said come on like you guys aren't with me on this. Sorry, guys. Come with me. Let's go. Let's ride on. This run with us. Run with us. Come run with us. <laughs> Pretty much. Anyway, so let's say you have some leftover money after that. I hope so. You want to play with the market a little bit. Um, Monopoly. I usually recommend, let's say, going for like an index fund, having like a diversified approach. Yeah, so uh, SP500 index fund, the way to go. What's a guaranteed return on that? 7 to 12% a year, Brian? On average, it's less than that. You won't get that much off. Less than that. Oh, yeah. my God. Of course you're not giving out financial advice. This information sucks. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, this year it's been a lot more, actually. It's been closer to 30%. But that's Oh, just... this information's awesome. There you go. The thing is that it does fluctuate. So let's say over 50 years on average. Right. I get right. lower than that. Because obviously. The big long trend. We're looking at the 100 year chart. Holy charts. That's the biggest one they got. Usually easy money and sexy money. Sometimes kind of dangerous. Yep. Easy come, easy go, they say. Yep. Oh, got him. There it is. There's the one-liner Andrew needed. Oh, this is usually like the approach that most people would want to take. You know, you don't you want to like expose yourself to too much risk. But once you have all that set up, then you can, you know, start to get, you know, do more research, pick out individual companies that you like. Do you have a uh, top uh, couple that come to your mind? No specific order, just something if somebody's interested and uh, they feel Brian Cruz is relatable and they trust Andrew American West, uh, they might actually like look something up and make their own decision. And Brian's not a financial advisor and it's not financial advice, but do you have anything that comes to, ha- to mind that my advice would be, be? My advice would be invest in something you know. Okay, I'll give you an example. Let's say you uh, you build computers for a living. And you know that, let's say, one company is better than the other one at making a certain part. Okay. So you do a little bit of research on the company's financials, you know, how the market's doing. And you make a decision. Okay, I'm going to invest in this specific company instead of investing in an index fund. What would be something I'd be concerned about or what is something you look in particular at uh, stat wise to show and resonate with you that it's a good pick? The thing is, no one knows. <laughs> if we oh, knew man, sure, I thought you were my guy. Damn it. Invest in what you know is because that's your edge. If you know that one company is better than the other one, you know, you can take that company and then let's say you compare the P.E. ratio, the price to earnings ratio. Well, you got to make sure you compare it to other companies in that same sector, its competitors, because the price of earnings can vary depending on you know what sector you're looking at. So do I want a high or a low number with that P.E. ratio, which is price over earning price of the stock over earning how much that company is? It tells you if that stock is overbought, oversold, which is a fancy word for knowing if you're paying too much or too little 
or you just got a good deal or you got ripped off? What's a good PE ratio number, Brian? So obviously the lower, the better. You okay, want to pay cool. less for more earnings. Like you can't just look at a number and say, oh, that's bad or that's good. You have to compare it. If I saw a fucking 10, I would scream dime piece. I disagree, but I love you. I mean, it depends what sector you're in. You have to know the people. Sometimes. That's a very good point, Wes. So, Wes brought up a good point, the people. So, the CEO is going to be an important factor. The CEO is also an important factor when it comes to, like, picking a company. This guy is... uh, He's a public figure. He's interesting. He's uh He's a stud. I love Elon Musk. Keep going, bro. He says things that are somewhat I don't know how to put it, but to the moon. He makes headlines basically. Oh, all if, the time. If it's you're great. betting if you're betting on a company like his, oh yeah. We can either go against you or in your favor, but a CEO that makes headlines is going to bring more volatility, which could be good for your investment. But yeah, I mean, I focus mostly on, mostly on uh, stocks. Okay. Said, uh, do you trade uh, crypto at all? Wes does. Yeah, I deal with crypto. What can you tell us about it, man? What's your experience been like? Yeah, get him, Wes. Well, uh, I guess before I, before I go into specific details there i was just wanted to comment on uh like the thing about knowing the people and also knowing the brand you know that that applies to crypto too um because uh you know someone like elon musk who was named man of the year i think by times magazine uh uh, last last month um yeah you're right yeah he was you know in one one way to look at that could be that um he's at he's at his peak right now and uh basic economics is to buy low and sell high so you know if if musk and his companies are at a high right now this is a time to take some profit off of him if you've invested in him and his companies oh yeah not really a time to buy right now you know just in my opinion generally that's a good point yeah on the other hand you know someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who announced that he's entering into the metaverse uh, with his with his inner circle and and product uh, future product lines, you know, and and he didn't he that wasn't really well received. But the long term market, you know, if you believe in the future of the internet technology, and kind of you know if you want to take a bet on what Zuckerberg is doing and trying to introduce virtual reality in the next three to five years, console gaming. And we know gaming is a huge market. Massive market. So it's things like that where, you know, maybe right now, maybe right now investing in Facebook actually is a good idea. I I agree with that. uh, Why? Because of the metaverse? Because, yeah, I'm not saying I know for sure. I'm trying to play according to my strengths. You know, I'm, I'm someone who's been very interested in technology future of esports and gaming and things like that i'm looking for my own little niche in the in the market and so when i'm investing in crypto you know although i although i started i started with bitcoin the longer i stayed in it the more i found other projects that caught my attention and think you know i think one strong strategy which is something that i've only learned recently but have not applied 
if you if you find something really cheap and you really do believe in it like it's you know definitely get a lot of it like your conviction is there definitely scoop up a lot so you're saying take a leap of faith yeah take a leap of faith what for you would be something that would resonate that your faith is solidified is there news is there i could go first yeah go ahead yeah so i mean the first thing that comes to mind for me was um when i first invested in bitcoin i was studying i took about six months maybe even eight months of just trying to get educated listening to podcasts watching videos uh you know using search engines reading articles um just trying to understand okay. economics money okay. how how we got to the dollar how we got to using credit yeah yeah why why we have you know you know people make a comment that you know bitcoin is digital money and like why do we need digital money but the us dollar is digital we don't have enough paper currency to back all the digital numbers it's, that are sitting in our bank accounts. It That's used true. to be. It is true. It is true. I'm glad Brian knows this too. It used to be backed by gold. Now it's backed by credit. That's Fugazi numbers in a computer. You're 100% right. Yeah, the American dollar is already digital. So for people who think that that's, you know, going digital is some kind of uh, negative quality. Well, we're already there. We're already there. Exactly. Pretty much. We're already there. Wake up and smell the coffee. Good morning. Um, any of those resources easier than others? Like, are you more of an auditory learner, a visual learner? Did, was there a role model or a mentor that, you know, resonated with you and was relatable? And you-, you know, for me in the beginning, I was only getting started. So it was just a matter of searching, search, search, search. I learned something new and I searched the new term. I learned something new. I searched for a video. Um, but as I, as I kept learning, you know, then there were, then I was starting to actually formulate questions in my head of like, okay, but why is the dollar the value of what it is? How, how did Bitcoin actually get started? You know, and then I see, and then, you know, it's just a matter of like, well, people are trying to make money. Like my, like my money is sitting or was, you know, the money in my savings. Oh, by the way, I literally just learned a statistic today that uh, like 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, older generations, when they put their money in a savings account, they had a 12% yield of interest on their yeah. account. Now yeah. we have a 0.01. It's oh, my God. Right. So that's a big deal, you know. And then for, for people to just assume that putting your money in a savings account in the bank is just a wise thing to do because that's the tradition of doing things. When the, While the numbers are changing and the American dollar is printing and the inflation is going up and up and up, it doesn't make sense anymore, in my opinion. You know, I'm literally getting educated by YouTube University and I'm like, wait, Bitcoin is the real value here, not holding it in a savings account. Yeah, you found the value pick. Um, That's a good point. Why do you think big banks fell so far from grace? Because that's something um, as a religious man, something uh, I would refer to as a sin or something that the devil would get a kick out of going from 12 percent to what was it? Uh, it's point. It's if you're lucky, it's point zero two percent. Pathetic. That's garbage. That's trash. This is how they treat our money and your cash. People wake up. Exactly. Exactly. So it doesn't. You know, it's it's an old way of thinking that just kind of lingers on and on and on without people. You know, you're yeah. It's just that. 
You know, you got to just take You got to be due diligent. You got to do your homework. Brian does his homework. I do my homework. Yeah. Research, science, the art and science of trading brought to you by Wesley. Do your homework. Do some research. <laughs> Find that we're giving you your gems. belly. There's, there's gems here. There's knowledge. There's there's wisdom here. But everything. Yes, you to get them, You got to get it on your own, too. Exactly. Got to get it on your own. Keep going, Wes. Brian, how do you feel about all this mess? I completely agree with Wes, what he said about, you know, keeping your money in the bank. I think it's pretty much something you want to do if you want to have an emergency fund or let's say you're trying to save up a down payment on a house. Ooh. But money somewhere where you have more conviction and you actually have a chance mm. of getting a return. I like that. The bank is not going to give you a return. Conviction, yeah. people. Yeah. You heard it from Brian first. Conviction. Yeah. Put your trust in what you believe is valuable. It's that simple. If you think Bitcoin is more valuable than the, than the U.S. dollar, hold, hold more Bitcoin. Hold the thing that has more value so that when the value goes up, you can sell on it. You can trade on it later. Why do you think so many people think the opposite? Because I, of their parents? It's a, it's a, it's an, I mean, it's, first of all, it's in, it's in context. You know, it depends on the person or the situation. Some people... Uh, I don't know. You know, it could just be a lack of interest. I you know, think it is a massive lack of interest. And I think this new generation needs to take a page out of their parents' book and throw it out and get off the couch and stop <laughs> being lazy. This is crazy money. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's different for everyone. I mean, yeah. People's finances always are always determined by like their lives, what they value. Let's say someone with kids doesn't want to take risks. Because they want to make sure, you know, they can put food on the table. Mm -hmm. It all depends on the person, the individual, and what their goal is. Um, and going back to what I was saying earlier, like, what matters is your goal. It doesn't matter, like, what kind of fancy car you're, you, you're driving. No one really cares about that. It all depends on the person. Everyone has their own goals. Everyone has, like, their own... Uh, their own knowledge of, of what they know, what they specialize in. So, yeah, you have to focus on your strengths, you know, when it comes to investing. What would be some of your strengths that you personally like to harness? Um, Like Wes, I'm also consider myself a gamer. So, yeah, okay. I've taken positions in like companies that make graphics cards and uh, CPUs. Like oh, yeah, AMD. like who? Holy stocks, Brian's finally going to give us some answers. Yes! Goal! The power play for Minnesota. Perry behind the goal, back in front. Gabrick scores! Stop the first time, and then Gabrick, power play goal on the rebound. And Minnesota grabs the 2 1 lead. That's a good ball as well. AMD, NVIDIA, 
Oh, my favorites. Two heavy hitters right there. NVIDIA, oof, to the moon. These are these are companies I can hold blindly because, you know, I know that I know about the product. I've used the product. Yep. So let's say if it crashes, you know, the stock price is not doing what I thought it would do. I'm not worried about it because I know what I'm investing in. I'm right. Panic. Know what you're investing in. Know your product. He is a one that Windows shopped and found a stock through its product. He did it backwards, people. It's not that hard. Yo, anyway, pour, pour me one. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> All right. Hang on. This is going to be a sound clip, so everybody be quiet. Cheers. All right. Everybody's back. Salud. Mazel tov. Salud from Holland, from Kettle One, my guy. You already know my clears. I love my clears. Netherlands, man. Yeah. Netherlander. Netherlands. Netherland. <laughs> I'm a Dutch. I'm a Dutch, but I can barely speak Dutch. Holy shit, he's not a Dutch. All right, before I forget, guys, uh, shout out to my listeners. Um, this isn't going to be halftime. This is too important. This is my guy, Brian Cruz, a very important friend of mine. And I'm bringing you to meet him tonight because he's got um, a great heart. He's a good person. He's intelligent and he cares about other people. So um, if you have to, you can always replay and uh, rate the podcast five stars because uh, Brian's pretty sexy and he's single and he's ready to <laughs> mingle and he knows index funds and mutual <laughs> funds and maybe the chicks want to have some fun. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So today's exercise is about those hard questions. I would love for you to block out, if you can, a full one hour's time. Turn off your 5G, your 4G, your 3G, and make it just you, yourself, and I, of course. If you wanted I, the Andrew 2.0 show, uh, just turn off your phone, your computer, your television, but not the internet radio podcast show. No distractions, though. So if I'm being too loud, turn me down or tell me to go away. No distractions from external energy sources, family, friends, all the way to internal energy sources like self-doubt and negative emotions. If you have to write it down to vent, go for it. Do not hold yourself back. Do not limit yourself. You are full of potential. Unless necessary for an hour long for the task at hand, if you can't give me that, maybe, just maybe, some background music like Mozart, Beethoven, or of course the Andrew 2.0 show possibly, but eh, not sure. I don't know if you're a fan yet. Sit down with a beverage of choice, and tonight's beverage of choice is Kettle One Vodka, brought to you by the Netherlands, my favorite Holland. What, uh, it's Andrew Land. Uh, all right, we're gonna have to clip that one. So I'm <laughs> putting you, a marker down. You. I'm gonna go back real quick just so we can make it a little smoother. Maybe, just maybe, some background music like Mozart, Beethoven, or me, the Andrew 2.0 show, Wesley and Brian. I'm not too sure yet. I don't know if you guys are fans yet. I'm not judging you. Don't worry, I'll, I'll earn your heart. Don't worry. <laughs> Just sit down with a beverage of choice, and tonight's beverage of choice is Kettle One Vodka, brought to you by the Netherlands, because I'm a Dutch. Sit down, again, if for some reason you're standing, sit down with a paper and start to list your beliefs. It's called journaling. It'll help you figure out if you've made progress, 
what you would likely to forget about, but emotions that you want to remember. Just sit down and write what comes to your mind. And then the next day you come back and look at it, you'd be surprised how much it opens your minds. Thank you, everybody. Back to the Andrew 2.0 show. It's a goal driven for individual goals because my guys are gamers. And uh, he ain't in the Hall of Fame yet, but don't worry. I'm bringing Brian Cruz and Wesley with me to that home game because uh, we're going to make sure that we all bring the pain and we make gains. It's not tied or laundry, but uh, all right. Stay clean. Brian, what's your what's your game of choice? Uh, currently, I play some Valorant. Um, what is that? I started playing this, uh, Valorant. this old, old game called uh, Dragon's Dogma. It's pretty good. Oh, that I don't know. I don't know any of these games. Why did we invite him on the show? Valorant's, Valorant's pretty hot. Valorant's relevant, but it's a, it's definitely in the mainstream. Uh, I told you, Wes. What do you play? I love Brawlhalla right now. Okay, that's a good game. Yeah. I don't know anything about Brawlhalla. Can somebody fill me in on Brawlhalla? Oh, I thought like, that Super was... Sm- like Super Smash Bros. It's similar. Oh, of course it's a classic. Oh, man, that was a great game. That brings me back to, like, Mario Kart and uh, GoldenEye. <laughs> Speaking of GoldenEye, that's what Valorant's kind of like, if that's if that's a game to remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn, all right. So That's a right. classic. I still like you again, don't worry. Anyway, boys, uh, I got to wrap it up because I got to be somewhere. Um, go, go. You live your life, you. Brian. We can make more recordings pleasure. and we'll do more. It's an honor. Yeah. Thanks, bro. It was nice meeting you, Wes. You too. Take care. Take care. What do you think, man? I loved it. I just, uh, there's a couple things I got to cut out here and there. We got to edit this, get it out of my hair. But, I think um, the editing is really minimal on this one. I think we got, uh, we, we were really flowing for a while. I, I agree. Yeah. It was just a couple ums and ahs from myself, and I don't want to sound like the stupid one of the bunch. Even <laughs> though I love my stupid people, there's nothing wrong with not knowing the answer. It's called teamwork. <laughs> just call me. I'll be your favorite answer. <laughs> yes. Because I got your back and you got mine, right, Wes? Be the answer. Be the solution. Be the teammate that, that we need. That's what I'm saying to you. I, I hope you're not asking me that. I'm in trouble. I was hoping you would do all that. <laughs> Oh, oh, we no, we we're doing it for each other, but you know, I, yeah, I, a little ebb and a little really flow. Control me, so I I gotta you know just reinforce it on you too. I hear you, ebb and flow. You can be ebb and I'll be flow. I'll be the girl. I'll wear a wig. Will <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. I'll do I'll do those progressive commercials. I'll be flow. You can be ebb. We'll have to put you in some skit comedy. I I, I feel it coming. If we can put you in a ski mask for the first album cover, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's if we can do that and pur- purposely put you behind me so everybody knows you got my back, then it's a deal. There we go. It'll be the Dark Side mixtapes. Oh, man. It could be whatever we want. They just won't know who Wesley 2.0 is or do you. <laughs> there you go. I, I'm, I'll do it. I'll it's the, the West of the Y. Good luck finding his government name. <laughs> yeah. It's Sammy fucking Sosa, the biggest batter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. The number of times I was asked if I was related to that person. Thank God you always said no because he had a cork bat. He changed his skin color <laughs> to be like a white bat. And I don't know what's going on anymore with him. So uh, shout out to steroids and a wasted couple years of baseball. But he's a Chicago Cubs guy. So go Sammy Sosa. 
Chicago. Chi Town is right. I wish Sammy Sosa was on that team that won, just because he's like the only Cub that stands out in my mind. I love that term. I'm like, all right, guys, excuse me. I got to drop a marker. I got to remove that. Um, I'm self-conscious and I'm an idiot and someone's going to make fun of me for that. <laughs> I, w- I just put that up. I just posted that to LinkedIn earlier. Uh, like, what was it, last night, I think? What? What? It, I was like, sometimes I feel so self-conscious. And, th- and then I was like, I don't even know if I spelled that correctly. You got to put the flower down and relax. My favorite thing to do is to post something with confidence if it makes you smile and feel good at that time, let it sit for 24, 48, 72 hours and watch how you don't care about it anymore. It's that first 24-hour window that makes you uh, really kind of overthink it. So um, my whole rule on that is just keep sleeping on it. And if you wake up in a nightmare, then delete it because you're uh, just <laughs> sitting in your underwear. <laughs> yes, I, I guess. I guess yes. What should we do now, Wes? I miss you, my guy. It's good to talk to you again. It doesn't feel like a test ever with you. Uh, I already gave you the cheat sheet, and uh, you know the rest. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. We're just now. We're now. It's just us palling uh, around at the end of the at the end of the recording. I don't know if we got anything left to. Oh, I got I got another sound clip to create. Hang on. Mm. All right, Andy, up, we're in. Nice. Cheese, guys, we're in. That's it. A couple more cubes. That would be a nice little transition if from, you know, if you want to put like... Uh... All right, I got one. I'd like to thank uh, Wes 2.0, Wes of the Y, uh, Wesley Samisosa, uh, Sammy Sosa, what do you say? <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> so uh thank you Wes for always having my back and I got yours and um I'm gonna back do a to shout back, out bro. to a good friend real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Moment of silence for a special guest that I cannot wait to anticipate to be on the show. I'm gonna just give you his initials because he's a superhero and this is the DC coming to the show. <laughs> 